selling to corporate decision makers. Close bigger deals by selling to the C-level. Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. And this article, we're going to change things up a bit. We're going to get away from the biohacking and mindset stuff. And we're going to talk a bit about sales and entrepreneurship because that is relevant to you probably no matter what you do in life. So this article, you are going to want to check it out below wherever you are listening to this podcast as I've got some scripts here in this article. Uh, you know, scripts can be really helpful. Scripts can give you kind of like some some training wheels to use as a entrepreneur or a salesperson. So you might just want to bookmark this article so that you can refer back to it. Business to business sales or B2B as it's commonly referred to is a difficult nut to crack especially if you're used to dealing with decision makers for smaller or for local businesses only. Why does it seem like every startup is antsy to gobble up your helpful services, but the large C-level corporate kind of people that have their fingers around the purse strings that you really want to be pulled open that they seem like they can kind of care less. Well, don't be discouraged, my friend. Industry professionals who have been there, done that, have a few suggestions to help you and your business break into this lucrative market. So we asked our industry experts two questions. Question number one, who do I want to talk to when I'm trying to sell to the C level? Do I want to talk to the president or the owner, founder of the company? Or do I want to talk to the vice president of marketing? Or do I want to talk to multiple people there? And here's the answers that we got. With large corporate organizations, the chances are higher that decisions are made bureaucratically. You will need to talk with multiple people and build value in your product based upon their perspectives of their organization's needs. In medium to small organizations, it's more likely that one person can make unilateral decisions. It was recommended that I do not call up and ask for the quote-unquote decision maker. This just screams, I'm a salesperson. I'm not sure if you've ever had this uh, experience where some person who was a salesperson called you or emailed you a cold call, a cold email, of course. And then they said, are you the decision maker? <laughs> and you're just like, oh, great. Here's a guy trying to sell me something, trying to get money out of my pocket. The 
key with higher level execs of large companies is to not get past the gatekeeper, but to get the gatekeeper to introduce you. So try to, if you can, make friends with the administrative assistant. You think about crack pharmaceutical salespeople, those pharmaceutical salespeople that really make the big bucks. They go into a doctor's office and they get like sushi. They get like all sorts of all sorts of things that are really hard for people to resist and they just give it to the secretaries there. They make really good friends with the secretaries and then they get through to talk to the the doctor and uh, sell them whatever <laughs> drug they have to they have to sell. So bribery bribery works, guys and gals. Here's the next question. What's the best way to talk to the decision maker? Is it A, calling the corporate office using social media or LinkedIn, or is it possibly finding their phone extension or email off the corporate website? And actually all of the above were recommended for various steps in the process. Tools like uh, Google, LinkedIn, and social media are great for finding out who the decision maker is. In more progressive or entrepreneurial organizations, chances are better that the management team is willing to talk to little people like you through social media. It was recommended that I create awareness about myself and my company slash product slash service First, by either a personal phone call or a brief email customized to the person I'm trying to influence. The phone call or personalized email separates my sales solicitation from spam. Okay, here's an example for an email. A few things to notice about this email. It's brief. It's customized to the recipient. The chances of what I'm selling are quantifiable. The chances of getting a reply to this email are pretty high. And it goes something like this. I say, hi, Chris. As the CEO of a property management company, I can imagine you are constantly looking for ways to maximize the efficiency of your organization. I'm the business development officer of a company specializing in property management software solutions. Our proprietary software has on average saved firms like yours 20 man hours a week by automating property management tasks. In addition to saving firms like yours over 50% on their tenant background checking using our 30-minute online qualification process. Please check out a five-minute demo here on our website for more details. I will follow up with a phone call to your office tomorrow morning. Best regards, Jonathan. And I feel compelled to share the way I've been doing this lately. I have a website that I'm recruiting 
business is for. I'm not actually charging them any money. Maybe I'll do that in the future. It's a cryptocurrency directory website that I built and I'm basically just adding companies to it. And then I am sending a onboarding email to try to engage them. And I'm keeping things really simple. What I'm doing is I find the email of a company and I just send them a two-line email with the title of the email being accepting Bitcoin, question mark, and other cryptos, question mark. And then I fire that off to them and I actually do it from my gmail address i don't use a corporate branded email address for this so i look like i might be potentially a customer and i've got i've been getting really good response rates to that keeping things really concise and then also kind of tempting them making them question if i might be a potential customer and then they'll say yes or no. And then I email them back and say, oh, okay, I'd like to add you to my website. Uh, can I get a little bit more information about you? Please register on my website here. And that's been pretty good for uh, escalation. Whereas initially I was sending people an email where I was saying something like, I'm Jonathan with marketplacegold.com. And this is what we're doing. Here's a video for you to check out. Uh, here's a, a place where you can submit your listing. That was getting like zero response. So we just have to be respectful of uh, people having such little attention available to pay to cold emails if you're going to do those. But cold emails are, of course, not the most effective way to get through to people, which is why I've got a cold calling phone script here for getting through the gatekeeper. In my experience, you can usually find out who the decision maker is in about 60 seconds using Google or quickly browsing through the company's website. So you would do something like you would call the corporate office and you'd say, hello, Stacy, how are you today? I'm Jonathan Rosen and I'm calling in regards to marketing. Is the person in charge of that type of thing at your office? So that would be if I just can't find out who's in charge of the marketing stuff there. If I do know the name of the decision maker, I would say something like, hello, Stacy, how are you today? I'm Jonathan Rosen calling for Dave Johnson. And then I would say, is he available? So I would, I would often, and I've done a lot of cold calling in my day. I've done cold calling even for my own businesses where I was, where I was, you know, spreading the word about what I was doing. And I found better responses. If I just said, I'm Jonathan, I'm calling for Dave. Is he available? as opposed to giving some explanation as to what I wanted. If she asked me, then I'd tell her. But half the time, she would just forward me to Dave. Or, uh, <laughs> I, I'm making some gendered uh, assumptions here, aren't I? That the uh, decision maker is always a man and the uh, assistant is always a woman. And it's that way most of the time. Okay, 
I find when dealing with small to mid-sized companies, this line works great because the directness and use of my last name subtly indicates that the decision maker knows who I am already. Boy, that was kind of a good point there, wasn't it? it, it is you include, as opposed to giving people details about why you're calling and what you're trying to upsell them to, just tell them your full first name, last name. And then that sounds like, well, maybe this guy, maybe this guy has some business talking to Dave, the decision maker. In fact, I'm going to highlight that. It is such a good point. I'm going to highlight it. And it's important to deliver it with a confident intonation. Uh, a lot of times they will connect you right to the decision maker, but you do gotta sound like you've got some business talking to Dave, the decision maker, that you might be in a hurry, in fact. So this is where things like recording your voice, maybe getting a an app on your phone where you can record your voice and hear the way you sound, and then listening back to yourself, that can be beneficial because then you can figure out what kind of scenarios, what kind of things that you say where you don't quite sound confident enough. What about leaving a voicemail? Okay, and this I have really got figured out. Believe me, I have done hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of cold calls in my day, and I really did figure out how to leave a voicemail the right way. You do it like this. Hello, Dave. This is Jonathan Roseland. My number is... Please give me a call back at your convenience. Hang up. And this voicemail message will get you a call back 50 to 70% of the time compared with 10 to 20% of the callbacks you get when you describe your product. Again, just don't don't start pitching your product until you're live talking to the person. While some might consider it slightly misleading since I'm not telling them what my call is about, I've used this format for leaving messages for years and I can't think of a time when my prospect was uh, mad at me or felt misled when they called me back. All the times they were just like, I, I, they called me back and I said, oh yes, this is uh, Jonathan with Roseland Digital and I wanted to ask you about your, your SEO presence that you're at. And I thought maybe people would be irritated with me, but they never were. They were always, they were always uh, cordial and they were always okay with talking. To me. All right. So, next section. Why should I care? C level execs don't actually care what you sell, they care about their businesses. There is nothing about your business you can tell them that is of interest, says Tiffany Lyman Utten, a senior account executive with Paytech. She recommends introducing yourself 
as quickly as possible. Then launching into how you can address a problem they may be facing with their business. Be prepared to give specifics as to how you've helped others and boosted net profits for a comparable business. Eliminate excess words in your proposal and give executives the room to respond. Most importantly, Tiffany reminds us, you need to be thinking with every word out of your mouth. Why should I care? That's the question. Because you have all of about five seconds to answer that question if you want to get another five seconds. Again, this is just kind of the state of being an effective communicator in modernity is you have to recognize that people's attention spans are something like those of goldfish. Let's talk about survival, cash flow, and profitability. To take it one step further, Gary McLean, a sales representative with Royal LePage Real Estate, reminds B2B marketers, C-level managers are concerned with survival, cash flow, and profitability, usually in that order. It doesn't matter what you are selling. If you address these three areas, you will hold their rapt attention for as long as you want it. Survival, cash flow, profitability. Got it? So it's important to craft your entire presentation uh, kind of around those areas. And importantly, respect gatekeepers. Remember when working with larger corporate entities, part of your success depends on getting through the gatekeepers to the real decision makers. Treat these gatekeepers with respect. Ask for their help and position what you want in very straightforward language. What you want is to see if my services may provide value for your organization, advises Sean Green a sales performance expert at Savage and Green. She adds, since you will not succeed with the decision maker, learn to say something more like, who would you suggest I talk to about that? Few things are more important than research when you're dealing with big corporations. So be sure you're clear on how your business can address their wants, needs, and interests. And I'll add, finally, if you want to take your sales game to the next level, there's a very good sales psychology book I highly recommend, Pitch Anything by Oren Klaff. And this is the book that I would hand to you if you are going to read just a single sales psychology book. It was brief and it had a lot of powerful concepts described concisely with uh, case studies. It was, yeah, it was a good book and reading it, I think, made me a bit more effective as a salesperson. And at the bottom of the article version of what I'm reading right now, I've got a case study of myself using the tactics 
in the book. You you should go watch that. Go check that out. And then read that book and then get in touch with me. Let me know what you think of it. Let me know what successes you have as a result of it. I'd love to hear about that. I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. Looking forward to a continued conversation with you.